Welcome to Painting the Midnight Oil Podcast with your host, Dan Oils. I'm not going to lie, I'm very anxious to record this and then play it back and listen to the quality of the recording because I am currently recording in my new art studio. Now, episode one, I mentioned how I was converting my art studio into my podcast studio, that I was leaving my spare bedroom behind, that I was going to make this space an all-inclusive space for everything that's related to my art career, including this podcast. That way I can record at any time. I don't have to worry about speaking too loud as my kids are trying to fall asleep. That way everything that I need is just in my own space. And it has its advantages and its disadvantages. I am sweating through my shirt right now because it's almost July in Maryland. It's 90 plus degrees outside. It's 91 degrees in my art studio. And now I'm like huddled inside this hutch that I converted into my new podcast booth. So if you go to my Instagram at dan.oils, you can see exactly what I'm talking about. And if you go to my YouTube, you can see uh, the very first video that I posted. There's going to be three videos in total just detailing the process of converting this hutch into this podcast booth. I'm very curious to see how I sound. Hopefully it's an improvement from episode one from season two. I was listening to um, the last episode and just the sound quality of the production just wasn't where I wanted it to be. It just was too harsh sounding because I have a lot of metal. I am actually recording on top of a toolbox. Um, it just, I don't have carpeted floors. I have this, it looks like marble, but it's really vinyl. But there's just a lot of hard surfaces, so my voice just could have sounded softer. So after um, episode one of season two, I had to think, you know what, I really need to kind of go back to the drawing board on this. I have to figure out something else that will help soften my voice. I don't want to abandon my podcast studio yet. I can always go back to the guest room, but for now, I want to try and make this work. So I was committed to finding a solution, um, but I'm curious to hear how I sound. Um, and as you are listening, if you feel like this is a um, dramatic improvement or just any improvement, uh, feel free to let me know. So I know that all of this was worth it. Um, you know, you have to get too carried away if you just want to send me a message on Instagram. Again, at dan.oils or go send me an email, danoilsart at gmail.com. Just send me something quick like, hey, Dan, um, the production sounds great. You know, your voice sounds like you should be uh, doing slow jams at night. You know, it doesn't have to be anything like, you know, real substantial, but just something like that would be sufficient. Um, so the title of this episode and the name that I have uh, assigned to this studio that I've christened this new studio with is Salvation Artist Studio. Um, I'm too, uh, not too cheap. I don't have enough money to formally register that. So, you know, don't be a jerk. Don't rush. Don't rush to do that. Uh, wait for me to generate the necessary finances so I can do that. Um, I'm, I'm also thinking about trademarking uh, Serendipity Studio because there's been a lot of fortuitous uh, situations, circumstances that have surrounded this podcast 
um, I'm going to kind of travel back in time a little bit, just like I did for the first season, and explain some very fortuitous, or a very fortuitous encounter related to this podcast. And then I'm going to fast forward to just a few days ago, when I experienced another moment of serendipity. Um, and it just kind of gives me confidence that this is supposed to happen. This podcast is supposed to happen. Uh, and it's just very uh, satisfying when you come across moments that just happenstance, something that you weren't really planning on um, experiencing, but it's you're experiencing it anyways, nonetheless. So it kind of feels like there is fate or the universe is on your side sometimes, which is always a pleasant um, experience, always a pleasant feeling. So let's go back in time a little bit. So right after I published my very first podcast episode, this was at the very end of December of last year, right before 2023. And I was super pumped. I was super excited, really nervous. You know, I didn't really know what I, um, you know, it takes a lot for you to start your own podcast. And, you know, in order for you to have trust with your audience, and in my opinion, in order to build a compelling story, you have to be vulnerable and you have to be honest, which I am a very honest person, a very open person. But when you kind of release that to whoever has, you know, a streaming account, then sometimes it causes you to pause. Um, but nonetheless, I was very excited and I felt like this is just a necessary step to get my name out there, build an audience, have fun with it, and then uh, hopefully it would help me you know, spread awareness about my art. Um, but also, more importantly than all that, is just using my story to inspire other people to pursue their own goals and not be intimidated. And there will be moments that hopefully you um, share in the celebration um, and then moments where you kind of understand that it's not always going to be wins and victories, that there's going to be moments of disappointment. Hopefully there were times where you laughed. Um, and it's just a fun experience to, to hopefully join. Anyways, going back. We're talking about December 2022. I just finished uploading my very first episode. And out of nowhere, so this is December 27th, and I don't have my Buzzsprout account open in front of me, but I believe my very first episode was published December 26th. I think it was like right after Christmas. Um, I get this random Instagram message. And <laughs> maybe I shouldn't read this message word for word because I know that Chris listens. But anyways, Chris, this guy Chris, who it turns out is my neighbor. He lives like not even 300 feet away from my house. He owns um, his own account, Chefs Without Restaurants on Instagram. He has his own podcast. Let me go back here so I can give you an exact tally here. Um, now that I have to do this on the spot, I'm like, don't know what to do. Okay, here we go. So he has like 6,000 followers on Instagram. He has his own podcast, The Chefs Without Restaurants. And he's just, he's really good at what he does. And he reaches out to me. And at the time, I was like blown away that someone that was just starting their own podcast was being contacted by someone with 6,000 followers. And he reaches out to me. He was just like, hey, man, um, I pass by your uh, trailer every single day and love your art. Uh, seems like we have similar interests. Um, you know, just wanted to say hi. And he just like starts talking about his podcast a little bit. 
And then he goes, hey, man, just let me know if you ever have any questions or want to chat. And uh, I just list, listened to episode one. And that was so freaking cool. And, you know, I was a little nervous about doing the whole podcast thing. And then out of the blue, this guy that has his own podcast, has 6,000 followers, has a substantial following, reaches out to me, talks about how much uh, he likes my art and is just there for me if I need any help. And that was just a moment for me where I was like, okay, I'm not in this alone. And maybe this podcast is supposed to happen. I reach out to him. I go, hey, you know, thank you so much for following along. Um, thanks so much for your kind words about my art. I would love for you to provide me any feedback um, regarding my podcast, you know, positive or negative. You know, like I mentioned last episode, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid of hearing uh, constructive criticism because I'm curious as to how I can improve. That's very important for me. So he listens to the first couple episodes and he was like, hey, you know, do you know, <laughs> do you notice that like high pitched buzzing sound in the background? I don't think I was even really replaying the episodes back at that point in time because I, I don't know. A lot of people are like this, I think. I don't want to hear myself speak. It makes me uncomfortable. So I think I was just like recording these episodes. I Maybe I was. I don't know. I can't remember right off the top of my head. But I don't think I was listening to them all the way through. I think I was just like listening to them for like 20 seconds and saying, all right, that's enough. That's enough. It's good to go. And then I would upload the episodes without actually listening to them in their entirety. And I was missing out on this like high-pitched buzzing sound. And I think what was happening was there is a refrigerator in my spare bedroom. And I think it was like cycling on during the recordings. And it was creating this very disruptive sound. I just got hit in the head with one of my, <laughs> one of my acoustic panels. This is a mess in here. All right. Um, what was I talking about? Um, so anyways, so he tells me how to fix that. So, um, he has audacity as well. So he just leads me through what he does in order to edit his tracks and reduce the noise. And it was something that I wouldn't have thought to do because I don't, I, at that point I wasn't replaying my episodes. It's just not a very like intuitive, uh, you know, function of the program. Like it isn't very self-explanatory. You have to go through multiple steps. You have to go through, you know, um, different menu options and there's a drop down menu and then you have to, it's, it's pretty advanced. And unless I would have like specifically researched how to perform that particular task, I just would have never done that. So here I had a neighbor, someone who was a very accomplished podcaster leading me through how to improve the quality in the production of my podcast almost immediately after I uploaded my very first episode. And that was just so cool. You know, I see Chris all the time. He's, you know, he's my neighbor. So see him walking, you know, down the street and we'll run into each other around town. Um, but it's really cool how when you pursue things that are true to yourself, how you find like-minded people that have the same interests and the same passions. And I mean, that's cool in and of itself, but it's also really beneficial because you guys can, I say guys just in general, like you can bounce ideas off one another. You can offer support. Um, it's just a really important network to have, especially when you have someone like that that's close by that you can meet with in person. Um, that you don't have to rely on electronic exchanges, you know, which is fine, but 
I think that especially in this day and age, you know, I've the older I get, the more I value those face-to-face interactions because everything is so digital now. Um, and it's just it's just really cool that you're like building a community of sorts within your community, and you're finding you know like these almost like these subcultures within your community, or at least like these very niche areas of experience or interest that I think is very beneficial, regardless of what your interests are, whether it's painting or podcasting or whatever it is. So that was the very first significant example of serendipity, um, which is why I was um, close to calling this serendipity studio. But there was a second um, prime example that happened just a few days ago. So as I alluded to a few minutes ago, after the very first episode, I was a little unhappy with the sound quality. I didn't really like how, I didn't really like the harshness of my voice, how it was sounding. Um, I don't want to turn you off from listening to to episode one if you haven't done so already, but hopefully episode two is a dramatic improvement. And I'm like, you know what? I, I don't have enough money to purchase my own recording booth. I also don't have enough space in this enclosed trailer because the head clearance is roughly like 6.3 I think so I needed something that was just above um, just I mean I'm six feet so it had to be around my height Um, I I don't have the means I don't have the financial means um, to uh, set aside like recording time in an actual studio and that sounds nice Um, but you know I'm a dad of two kids and even though I have time off because I'm a teacher, it's really difficult to find the time um, to do something just for yourself. As I've mentioned many, many times, you know, my time is from nine o'clock to 10 o'clock, or if it's on the weekend, nine o'clock plus. That's my time. I need something that I can, you know, arrive at almost instantaneously so I can maximize my time that I'm pursuing my craft, whether it's podcasting or art. So I was like, how can I create like an enclosed environment where the ceiling, uh, where I'm basically speaking into something, very similar to a recording booth, but how can I create that in a very affordable, cost-effective way? And I was like, you know what I could use? You know what would be perfect? A piece of furniture that like opened up that I could just like stick my head in and I could adorn the walls with these acoustic panels that I've seen many times before. I was like, that's probably all I need to do. So I take my measuring tape and I measure the dimensions of my toolbox because the toolbox is where I'm currently sitting my laptop, my microphone on top of. So I needed something that would either sit on top of my toolbox or was just large enough that it would like sit outside of the edges, like, you know, like a glove basically. And that way I could still maximize my floor spacing here that way it would be stable because it was very close to my toolbox. Um, so they were kind of like linked in together like a Lego almost. And so I was like, you know, I live by like Habitat for Humanity Restore, the Salvation Army Restore. I donate goods to Salvation Army all the time. Let me go in there and instead of donating something to them, maybe this time I can get something in return. That would be great. So I bring my daughter with me and we're going into the Salvation Army Restore and I'm like, all right, think positive, man. Hopefully there's something here. I just need a hutch 
that has doors that you can open up. I don't even need the bottom part. I don't even need the base. I just need something that will sit on top of this toolbox that fits through the door of my art studio. And I can sit right on top of the toolbox or just outside the toolbox. That's all I need. I walked in there and sure enough, they had exactly what I needed. Now, initially, I thought that it needed to be a little bit smaller than I think it was like 27 inches. It's not a really big toolbox I'm sitting at. I'm like really awkwardly sitting here because I'm trying to like stick my head as far into this hutch. But, you know, I don't have any like leg room. So this is super uncomfortable. But as long as the quality works, that's all I care about. So anyways, I go in there. They have exactly what I need. And I take out my, my tape measure. I measure it. And it's slightly larger than the surface. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. It hopefully just fits just outside of my toolbox. And I measure the height. It's like just above or just uh, shorter than um, six feet. And it's perfect. So I'm like, hey, like how much is that hutch over there? There's actually two of them. There are two identical pieces. And they said, well, it's $60. And I was like, well, I don't need... I don't need both. I only need the top. All right. And he's like, ah, yeah, but it's it's basically one unit. So I don't think I can do that. I'm like, look, if I can't get the top piece, I'm not interested. And in the back of my mind, I was probably still going to buy both. But I wanted him, if he was going to sell both, I needed him to at least go down a little bit. So then after a couple of seconds, he was like, you know what? Fine. I'll give you the top piece for half off for 30 bucks I said sold that's fair and I wasn't gonna like haggle with the guy that works at Salvation Army so I was like 30 bucks for half the piece that's a fair deal I'll take it so I you know pay my 30 bucks and uh, I had to borrow a screwdriver because like there was a piece that was connecting the top piece and the bottom piece of course it starts to rain now I live like not even 500 feet away from the Salvation Army so I'm like all right Come on, Renee, we got to get in the car. I'm like, my golf clubs are still in there. So I got to shove my, my golf clubs in my front seat. I'm lifting the trunk. I'm like shoving this piece of furniture into my trunk. The trunk stays up because I wasn't prepared at all to like actually bring anything home. It's raining on us. Get out of the parking lot and I'm home like in 10 seconds. And so I bring the hutch back inside. And I mean, it's perfect. It was exactly what I needed. So over the course of the last few days, I just finished this project this morning. So the very first thing that I did was I wiped everything down. It had this like musty smell to it. You know, it was probably sitting in someone's house, you know, for decades. And on this piece of furniture, and again, if you go to Dan Oil's, um, man, my phone is like blowing up, of course, since I'm recording. If you go to Dan Oil's, um, sorry, at Dan.Oils if you have Instagram, or if you go to my YouTube, uh, Dan oils you'll see exactly what I'm talking about but the doors that open up they have like these curtains on them which I thought was pretty cool because it's just something different but it was like this you know kind of boring uh, bland beige curtain and I think it was adding to the musty smells so the very first thing that I did was I took down the curtains I washed them I dusted off the hutch and then I went over to Lowe's I bought this I think it's called a hammered black spray paint I bought one can which of course was a mistake because if you buy one can you're going to need at least three 
if you buy three cans, you only need one. So I bought one can, it was a risk, and of course I needed three. Um, so I got some of it done, and then I had to go back the following day, bought some more paint, and of course I only bought one more. So it's actually not all the way painted. So I just let the one side that I, where I ran out of paint, that's facing the wall so you'll never see it. Um, but it's kind of a Bush League, uh, you know, construction, but whatever. So everything's painted, and then I waited for it to dry, and then I also had to wait for these acoustic, uh, like soundproof, uh, soundproof foam panels. They're like 12 inch by 12 inch panels, and I believe there are nine of them in a pack. I bought two packs. So the first pack arrived one day. Some of them went in just as they came in the package. Some of them I had to take some measurements and use my scissors and cut them to fit, but it fit really well. And so yesterday I went to Michael's and I purchased a dye kit. So I wanted to get like teal or turquoise because I have like a teal kind of color palette in here. The mat that sits over top my toolbox is teal. The sign that my boy uh, Mike made me, the Dan Oils uh, art sign that you'll see on my Instagram as well, that is teal. So, you know, it's, I think it looks cool. The black and the teal and then the marble looking floors. Just a, it's a cool vibe in here. So I dyed or wanted to dye the curtains a teal. And it actually turned out really well. Um, I'm in the process of creating another video that just outlines all the steps and the process that was used to do that. I'm not going to detail that right here. Um, but nonetheless, everything worked out really well. Um, I let the curtains dry overnight last night. First thing this morning, I picked up the curtains, put them back on the rods, and then I still had almost an entire pack of the acoustic panels left over. I put those on top of the curtains because the actual width or the span of um, the hole where the curtains are, it's wider than 12 inches, so I needed them to go um, stick to the actual curtain themselves. And then I just sat it right over top of my toolbox and I'm very pleased with how it turned out. I uploaded the video uh, to YouTube to outline exactly what I did. So any of you that are interested in your own podcast or may have your own podcast, um, or whether you're a singer and you need just better sound quality in your recording, I've outlined, um, I'm going to have three videos in total. I just did the very first one. And that way you can create your own recording booth or your own podcast booth for a little over $200 which is a very cost-effective option because I've seen them online for like bare minimum $500. And I mean, they just go up exponentially after that. So if you're on a budget, if you're not getting paid over the summer like I am, and you really need to start watching your dollars, um, I, I would highly recommend this option. Now, only time will tell if it sounds good and you may need a fan um, because I am starting to get lightheaded because I'm just like cooped up in this sweat box. But uh, as, as long as the quality is good, then it's all good. Now, another reason why I had decided to title this studio Salvation Artist Studio is because um, this studio has provided salvation for myself. And we're going to go, we're going to become very close here in a few minutes because you're going to learn a lot more about myself. Um, but I think it's important for you to understand the story so you fully understand what art means to me and why it is so easy 
for me to continue and consistently produce art and consistently spend time here in Salvation Artist Studio. Let's see, in December of 2021, um, I was going through a, like a tough time mentally. And, and sometimes I'll go through these phases. And I think as an artist, I'm probably more sensitive uh, than most people. Different things bother me. But more importantly than that, I have such an obsessive mind. And sometimes it really works in my favor. I've tried to make a concerted effort for it to work in my favor uh, because it can also be very destructive when you have a mind that is so obsessive like mine. So the benefit of a mind like that is if you are focused on something positive or productive or something that benefits you, then it's constantly working overtime to figure out solutions. It's constantly trying to figure out, it's constantly focused on a particular task or a particular goal. And you are constantly generating ideas and strategies and goals to attain that goal. Um, that's best case scenario. On the other hand, it can be very destructive because if you have an idea that is a negative idea or a negative thought, your mind or my mind is so fixated on that and it's difficult for me to get out of my head. So I'll go through like these bouts and it's not really like cyclical or anything, but sometimes if my mind is fixated on something that is destructive or harmful, I can't let go of it or it's a very, it's very difficult for me to let go of that. And so when I'm in these moods, I'm not in the present. I'm in another completely different space. And it's very problematic as a husband and as a dad because you're not there when you need to be sometimes. Now, I've known my wife for like 13, 14 years, and she knows me very well. And she knew me when I was drinking. And I've been, um, no, sorry, I've known her. <laughs> I'm have to edit that last few minutes out. I've known her for probably 15 years because um, she knew me when I was drinking and I just celebrated 14 years of sobriety. So I've known my wife for about 15 years. So she knew me at my worst and she's known me at my best. And she's a very big reason why um, I've been able to achieve, um, you know, be at my best. She's a big reason for that. But I've known her for a very long time and she's used to when I'm in these moods or when I am not in the present moment. And she is just an incredible partner. And she's done so much to be supportive of me and to be there for me. Well, in December of 2021, I had a very serious conversation with her. And, you know, I live in a kind of a smaller house. We have a, it's a house built in the 50s. And we have this galley kitchen. The galley kitchen is basically a very narrow kitchen. Um, but the previous homeowner, um, built in addition to the kitchen. So the, there's like a, a living area. Um, and then they knocked out a hole in the wall. And then so there's two bar stools that are at the countertop that connect the living space to the galley kitchen, if you can kind of visualize that with me. And so I'm sitting on the stool and we're having a conversation. And she goes, Dan, or honey, however she addressed me, and she goes, you know, You need to, I want you to be in a healthier frame of mind. I want you to be healthier and happier and more present. And I've done absolutely everything that I can for you. And I, I don't have any more strategies. I don't have any more solutions. I don't know what else to do to help you get there. And she said, I think you need 
professional help. And that was a lot to take in. But she had my full attention. And, you know, part of, you know, a function of having the mind that I have is that you sometimes aren't aware of how you are affecting other people. Um, especially because my wife is just the way that she is and she doesn't want to seem like anything's not okay and she's always very supportive and she's just very resilient. Um, so for her to bring it up to my attention is saying a lot. Um, and she goes, so, you know, what do you think about that? And I said, well, first of all, I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate, you know, the courage that it takes to have that conversation. And I'm sorry. And I'm sorry that it's taken, it's gotten to this point. You know, I, I know how I get sometimes, but I didn't realize how, how bad it was. Um, and I said, I will. And I said, but at that point in time, it was, I guess it was December or maybe early January, because at that time I knew that she had signed me up for oil painting lessons for my 38th birthday. And I said, I will do that, but first things first, let me go take these oil painting lessons. I think there was four or five of them, like once a week. And I was like, let me do that first. Who knows, you know, maybe that will help me, you know, get out of my mind or get out of my head a little bit. Maybe that will help my overall mental health and my my ability to stay present and focused on our family and, and in the present moment. And if that doesn't work, then I will schedule an appointment and I will seek help and I will be a better husband and I'll be a better father and I'll be more present. And you all know the rest of the story. I took that first lesson and it completely transformed me and I knew that in that moment I would never stop painting as long as I was physically able because it took me to a place that I've never been before. I was just so in tune with what I was doing and I was creating something which I love to do so much and it was stimulating my mind. And I knew that whatever I was producing that day, it didn't matter because I was going to get better because I was going to dedicate as much time as I possibly could to that craft. Yes, to get better, but also just to enjoy that moment of staying present in the way that it made me feel afterwards. I mean, not just the moment in that moment, but also the residual effect after I would leave those lessons and I would leave just uplifted, similar to how you would feel like after you're leaving the gym. And, you know, whether those are endorphins or whatever they are, dopamine, serotonin, I don't know. It's been a while since I've taken that psychology course. So, I, you know, so who knows what, <laughs> what the science is behind that. All I know is that I feel like a completely different person. And so to make a long story short, my wife and I have never had to revisit that conversation. Because it has had a dramatic impact on my mental health, on my ability to stay present with her, with our family, and in my own life. And I know that from my day-to-day, -day, I love having that project in the back of my mind. 
because I'm constantly thinking about it. Okay, you know, how am I going to approach this? Or, or what kind of subject am I going to do next? But a lot of the times the subjects are already planned because the subjects, they all kind of come at once. So it's really just applying different strategies. Like how do I want to do this differently? Or, or how do I want to break down this painting into different steps, into different layers? And it just is so stimulating to me because when I have free time, my mind wanders. And when my mind wanders, it doesn't always go to the most productive places. So that's why I am constantly fixated on projects. You know, whether it's a podcast booth, whether it is converting an enclosed trailer into an art studio, whether it's painting something, my mind needs to be occupied in order for it to benefit me. Because when my mind is not stimulated, when my mind is not, you know, currently um, activated towards achieving a specific task, then it starts to wander and starts to drift. And so even when I'm not painting, just the residual from the day before, I feel good. And then also when I'm thinking about these paintings, I'm feeling good because my mind is occupied and it's dedicated towards solving something. I mean, even in the summer when I'm not working, you know, before I found painting, my favorite thing to do was to sit down with the crossword puzzle for that same exact reason, because it's activating my mind, it's keeping my mind busy, and I'm sitting there trying to solve a problem. And so I still love crosswords, but it's still the same goal. So painting does that for me. Now, I know that's a very vulnerable story or a very um, private story that I've shared with you. But the reason why I'm sharing that with you is because if you are not an artist and you can identify with what I'm saying, I encourage you to take up art, whether it's oil painting or pastels or watercolor or pencil. And I want you to see if you experience the same effect that I just shared with you. Because if it has that same effect on me, it's bound to have a similar effect on other people too. Maybe not everybody that tries it but it's bound to be impactful for other people. Now, art therapy is a very real thing and something that I don't have enough time to go into right now. But that's essentially what painting is for me. That's essentially what art is for me, it's therapy. And it's important that I share that with other people so they understand that that is an effective solution. Um, and finding peace finding peace of mind and finding that present moment and stimulating our minds and, and finding solutions and expressing ourselves. And it's all just a gift that art can provide us. And we, when we are at our best, then we can help other people. And then so it's a compound effect and it has um, an exponential impact on the people that are closest to us. I'm hoping that if you aren't an artist, that you pursue art for those reasons, especially if you're having difficulty. But I also encourage you to hopefully tell me how much better this sounds, <laughs> my voice sounds. <laughs> but now you know the full story of Salvation Artist Studio.
how much this studio means to me, how much art means to me. And I'm hoping that you find the same salvation in art yourself. Thanks for listening to the Painting the Midnight Oil podcast. Come back soon.